this is our second Sunday now without our precious Pastor Helen. We do miss her. Uh, it's great to see Tim in the house today. Great to see you, buddy. Awesome. And, uh, you know, we're grieving. Uh, we're processing an unthinkable tragedy, and it's going to take time. Um, for some, it will take longer than others. But here's a statement I heard that uh, I found interesting. It says, an abnormal reaction to an abnormal situation is normal behavior. So if your reaction's a bit abnormal, a bit odd, you're wondering what's going on, hey, it's normal behavior, because that's what happens in abnormal situation. So the point of today's message is to help you in whatever crisis you may be facing right now, including the present crisis, of course, but others got different crises and online and overseas, wherever you are, I wanna really help you because I think it's just so important to understand this whole area because um, when facing a crisis, the biggest determination of your future, what it's gonna look like is your response. Everything comes down to response. You might wanna write that word down somewhere uh, because a right response is, is gonna help you. Probably one of the most important skills to have in life is to know how to respond right when things don't go the way you expected or hoped or anticipated when you face a crisis. The reason that's so important to know how to do this is because the consequences are so great. You know, because a crisis can make you or break you. It can make you better or it can make you bitter. It can take you closer to God or it can take you away from God. And it all comes down to our response. And so I wanna help us today no matter where you're at. Maybe you've made some bad responses. That's okay. We can make an adjustment shift today and get the right responses going because that's gonna guide you into a, a better and a more blessed future. I've asked people, how many of you look in the mirror? How many of you looked in the mirror this morning? Yeah, there's others who should have. Okay. <laughs> look in the mirror. When you look in the mirror, if this is worth doing every day. Ask yourself this question. Is my current situation or crisis making me a better person? It's a really important question because, you know, if we don't nip it in the bud, <laughs> if we don't capture it, we can easily go in the wrong direction. So ask yourself that question. You know, my testimony over the last two years and uh, many of you wouldn't know, the last two years have been among the, some of the toughest that I've faced. Uh, it's just been so many things on so many different fronts. And, um, but my testimony over the last two years, as a result of the last two years, I know that today I am stronger. Stronger in my faith, stronger in my walk with God. I'm closer to God than I was two years ago, and I'm closer to people. Remember that was our testimony right at the beginning two years ago? We're gonna come out stronger uh, closer to God and closer to others. And, and I, I want that to be the testimony for every one of us. You see, the whole issue now is it's not what has happened or even what you've done, but what do you do now? Yeah. That's, that's what we've got to come to that, that place. And I want to ask you to change your question for some of you. Uh, but some of you already changed it. But others, you need to change your question uh, from why did this happen, whatever crisis you're thinking about, why did this happen to how should I respond? Sometimes we just lived in the why. 
Why, why, why? But why is not going to, there's not much you can do about the why, but there's everything you can put, do about the how you respond. It gives you full control and a sense of the decisions that you make moving forward. So here's a question for you. In your current crisis, what is the enemy after? What is he after? I'll tell you what he's after. He's after your faith. He's after your trust in God. He's after your confidence in the Lord. See, he, he hates your relationship with God. Don't ever forget that. He hates it. So he's always targeting it. And he hates the fact that you trust God. You know? So he's, he comes in, he'll do whatever he can to try and rob you of your faith. And of course, God, what does God want? God wants your faith to grow in him. God wants you to get closer to him. So it's almost like these two challenging things that are taking place. But I know for you that God is going to win. That for you, you're going to respond right and you're going to come closer to God and you're going to end up trusting God more than ever before. It's amazing how a crisis can do that. And you're going to tell the world, God is good. God is faithful. God is kind. God can be trusted. God is, it pays to serve God. That's what, you're going to, that's what you still end up doing despite the things that you may face in your life. Viktor Frankl, who suffered terribly in the concentration camps, he said this, the last of one's freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance. You have the freedom to choose a good response. No one can take that away from you. Other things you may not be able to control, but that you can control. And that is the most important thing, or one of the most important things that you can actually control. Because if you get this right, you can move forward in a tremendous way. I've learned this, that you know sometimes... We, we preached a while ago, didn't we? Small habits for huge gains. You know, a good small habit gives you massive gains when extrapolated over a period of time. So a small good response right now, in, in five years, two years' time, five years, it's, it's going to get you into a much better place, and it's going to move you forward. But on this other side of it, a small bad response now, you might think, oh, that's just a, not a very good response. It doesn't matter, it's just small. You extrapolate that over weeks, months, and years, it's going to be terrible. You see, you don't decide, you don't get up in the morning and say, I'm going to become bitter. No, no, you don't do that. What happens is you make a little adjustment in your attitude, not a good one, and over a period of time, you become a bitter person. So we've got to guard those small, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So watch those little foxes that are trying to get in, and of course, at a time like this. I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Thrown into the fiery furnace. They hadn't done anything wrong. Nothing wrong. Just obeying God. Thrown into the fiery furnace. Heated seven times up. People actually got killed getting them into the furnace. Pretty tough on them, wasn't it? Jesus is in, gets into the fiery furnace with them. Guess what? He's with you in your furnace right now. Don't ever forget that. You're not alone trying to sort all this out. He's with you in it. But they came out, they came out without the smell of smoke. Yes. No smell of smoke. No bitterness. No unforgiveness. No excessive anger. No smell of smoke. That's the goal for you. To come through things because you can always tell people who've got no smell of smoke, you can tell people who have actually got it as well. So, here's a question for you How did Jesus grieve? Well, the Bible actually tells us. 
We find it in Matthew 26, 37 to 38 in the New Living Testament. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Folks, Jesus has been there. He's been there. Crushed with grief to the point of death. And he says, stay here and keep watch with me. <clears throat> How did Jesus grieve? He wanted his closest friends to be with him. And secondly, he wanted them to pray. Friends, that's the model that Jesus gives us. You don't grieve alone. You don't go through your crisis alone. Have your closest friends with you. But not only have your friends with you, make sure they're praying as well. Because <laughs> prayer at the end is a power that gets us through the, the most challenging and difficult times in our lives. <clears throat> I want to share with you some biblical truths and responses that hopefully will help you in, a, in, a, in whatever crisis you may be facing right now. The first thing we need to understand is in the Christian world, there are six stages Six stages. You may never heard this before, but I want to go through them. I'll cover most of them very quickly, uh, but then get to a couple of key, the, the key one very shortly. So stage one is salvation. You give your life to Jesus Christ. Okay, that's straightforward. Stage two, you could preach on a whole, whole message on each of these, by the way, is laying strong foundations. So stage two is you get into the Bible, you get into prayer, you, you get into established in a church, you get into a small group, all that kind of, the very basic foundations of the faith. Stage three, hopefully everyone goes to this, is you're now using your gifts to serve God. <clears throat> and uh, that's stage three. But then stage four, this is what researchers tell us, is the dark night of the soul. Or you call it hitting the wall. So in this stage, we all face a major trial that we never expected. We need to understand, friends, I have hit the wall three times, at least in my Christian walk. Meaning, face things, some of you know about the Philippines, but there's other stuff as well, that I never expected I would have to confront. I hit the wall. And this is a stage that can shake our faith. It can be a time of real questioning, asking questions. Now, you're hitting the wall, could be different. It could be a financial disaster. It could be a sickness. It could be losing someone who's close to you. Your parents split up. Your marriage fails. You don't get healed. A spiritual leader fails. You get offended. You can't overcome your personal struggle. The list could go on, friends. But th this is where we, we, it's a dark night of the soul. And, you know, and we wrestle with God. We want to go, what is going on here? It's a, it's a struggle. But, but, what can I, see, understanding gives strength. When you know that this is a part of the Christian faith, this is a part of the walk with God, it's all in the Bible, friends. I could go after one leader after another after another. They all hit the wall at some stage. Joseph was in a prison. Moses was in the wilderness uh, 40 years. You know, David's running from a mad king. Friends, they, you know, Jeremiah's thrown into a pit. Daniel's in the, in the you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, the apostles, we go on and on. They all had the dark night of the soul. They all, hit, they all hit the wall. This is a biblical pattern of Scripture. So when it happens, if you understand this, you're not completely thrown and think, oh, my goodness, I'm going to give up. 
No, no. You understand that this, unfortunately, takes place. But here's a good verse for you. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 in the message says, No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. Others have been there. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. That's good, isn't it? He'll never push you past your limit. You've got to believe that. And he'll always be there to help you come through it. Now, a lot of people get stuck at this stage, but they don't need to. And I declare over every one of us here and online, you will not get stuck at this stage, but you will process your way through this because God is with you. We are with you. We've got one another. The Holy Spirit's your helper. You will get through. You're not going to get stuck at this stage. You're not going to go down. You are going to go up. You're not going to go backwards. You're going to go forwards. So people say, and this is you, none of you are going to say this, but people say, that event ruined my life. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> no, the response to the event is what ruined their life because God can use any event to take us forward in him. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean it's not painful. So if you want to get through stage four well, you have to have a right belief system of Christianity. What does that mean? You have to have right biblical expectations. You have to have expectations that you find in this book, not what some flashy preacher preaches to you online all the time, telling you that, you know, everything's going to be fantastic and, you know, blessing, 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 and they forget about everything else. It's an edited version of Christianity. We've got to give the pluses and the minuses. We've got to give the successes and the failures. We've got to give the good times and the hard times. We've got to give the pluses and the suffering. It's all in the Bible, friends. We have to have a right belief because I tell you what, wrong expectations is what crushes people. So let me give you some biblical expectations. You're not going to like these, but I'm going to give them anyway. All right? Number one is not every prayer is answered. You think, but Lord, I prayed. God, what happened? Well, actually, every prayer is answered because the answer is usually yes, no, or wait. So they actually are answered, and that's it. Number two, this is a really big one. Christians are not perfect. They will fail, and so are Christian leaders. Do not put them on a pedestal. They're no different to you. They will fail. They will mess up. Number three, bad things happen to good people. I've mentioned some, Paul, Joseph, David, Jeremiah, Daniel, the list goes on. Bad things happen to good people. This is biblical truth. Number four, suffering is a part of the faith. Read the book. (laughs) It's all in here. How many of you know Jesus suffered? But we can get through it. That's the other side of the coin. It's a part of the deal. But we can get through all of these things. And I'll get to some of those points in a short, in a shortly. Uh, next one is this. Um, you will get offended. Just tell the person next to you, you will get offended. <laughs> they don't want you to say that to them. <clears throat> and then say, it'll probably come from me. <laughs> no, not me. Not me. I'm talking about you. All right, not from me. <clears throat> Why? Matthew 18, 17. Offenses must come. But God will use them to propel you forward, not backwards, all right? So at stage four, it deals with the attitude, I'll serve God, I'll love him, so long as he meets my needs, answers my prayers, answers my questions, blesses me, and I don't have any suffering. Well, you better go to heaven now, because that ain't going to happen. 
You know, so we can't have, God is not Santa Claus here to just, you know, pour us blessing. He will do that, but it's a package deal. There's other stuff that comes through as well. So the process through stage four is not easy and you may require growth. But let me say this, stage four is a stage of tremendous growth. This is where you make so much progress. And if, when you look back, when I look at the crisis I've been through, I think, man, that's when I grew. That's when I found God in the crisis. That's when my faith went to another level. That's when I learned that with God, I can get through the battles of life. Yeah. Your faith grows. You, you get strong in your, in your faith with God. But this is a stage five <clears throat> is the next stage, and that's eagle Christians. Do you know what thing about eagles? Eagles do not fear storms. And they use storms to go higher. When you're an eagle Christian, when you go up to that say, you know when a trial comes your way, you're just going to go up. You're going to go to higher heights in God. You're going to discover God in ways you'd never discover him otherwise. It's a place of tremendous faith in God. When you know God has got you, he's got you covered, and that with God you can get through whatever may come your way. Tell the person next to you, you're going to be an eagle Christian. Hey? That's cool, eh? Isn't it good to know that? That when you get to that faith place, you know you can get through anything. Yeah. Your faith, you're just not easily shaken because <clears throat> you've hit the wall a few times already and then the next time you hit the wall. That's why in our current crisis, as hard as it is and the grief continues, believe me, it continues. I wake up and I think, my goodness, what has happened here? I can't believe this. But at the same time, I also have this tremendous faith that God's gonna move us forward, that God has got it. It's going to be okay. We will grow and God will bless. It's our eagle Christians. Faith is very strong. But then stage six is where we all want to get to. And stage six is a life of love. It's a final stage where we become people of tremendous love. People are more important than things, than jobs, than success, than positions. Your constant aim is others. It's not always saying, oh, woe is me, what's happening to me, my job, my money, my house, my family, my, 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 my. <laughs> and most of us live at my, my, my. But stage six is, no, no, it's you, you, you. Our concern is everyone else. Fathers in the faith. Unfortunately, not many of us get there, but hey, we will get there. All right, I'll give you a couple more things, a few more things. I want to repeat again and again and again, God has matched you for whatever crisis you are facing today. He's matched you. You're up for it. You're equal to it. God has put in you everything you need to get through. You have to believe that. Now, this is not a good throwaway line. This is founded in uh, unshakable biblical truth. All right? Let me prove that to you, why I can say you are matched for this season. Let me give you some scripture. The first one is this. Romans 8, 37. On all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. That's what the word of God says. Then it says in Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things, how? Through Christ who strengthens me. You're more than a conqueror in your crisis. God, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 1 John 4, verse 4. He who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. The God in you, friends. It's powerful, it's strong. And then Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. My point three is this. Crisis can bring out the greatness in you. It's a really challenging thought, but a powerful thought. 
I want you to make a decision that you refuse to go through crisis and pain without it propelling you forward. Sometimes it takes a crisis to reveal the greatness that is in you. You think of Moses, he's 40 years in the desert. That's when his greatness emerged and he delivers the nation, parts the Red Sea, phenomenal. You think of Joseph, he's in a pit in his prison. Greatness, he discovers his greatness in those times and ends up being the leader of the most powerful, almost the leader of the most powerful nation. We can go after person after person. There's something about crisis that, that reveals the depths of some of the things that God has deposited in your life that have been smothered and covered up and locked in and locked down, but a crisis can bring it to the fore. Viktor Frankl said this, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. Always focus on that. You can't change some circumstances, but you can change yourself and become a better person. Number four is this, I won't go into this because I've got something else to say, is to go deeper in God. Something Tim keeps saying and keeps talking about is this depth of relationship with God. Whatever crisis you're facing, maybe the greatest result, probably the greatest result is to go deeper in God. And if you respond right to him, you will go into a deeper relationship with the Lord. It's time to believe, number five, what the Bible says. You know, if you're looking for answers, please don't go here. Don't get your counsel from online. It gives, give you all, there's all kind of nonsense comes up through it. There's some good stuff as well. Don't, don't, you, maybe go there later. Go here first. Get your wisdom from here. Get your counsel from here. Get your guidance. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Go, go to this book. And, and then actually, once you do this, uh, actually start to believe what it says. See, what I'm finding is, is a, it's time to go deeper in God's word. I'm finding the Holy Spirit is saying to me, Tark, you tell everybody, you preach for years, Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good for them that love God. This Holy Spirit now saying, Tark, Tark, do you actually believe that? Do, do you really believe that right now? Everything that you're facing? That God's going to work this for good? It's a challenge, friends. Then he says to me, you preach Genesis 50, verse 20 all the time. You know, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. What the enemy meant for evil, God turns for good. And it's the Holy Spirit saying, do you actually believe that right now? I want to challenge all of us in this room today and online with what you're facing today. Can you actually believe Romans 8, 28, God's going to work it for good? And can you actually believe Genesis 50, that what the enemy's meant for evil, God is going to turn it for good? Friends, what's happening is my faith in God's word is going to another level. Because now when I read the Bible, I'm starting to think, actually, that's true. Actually, I believe that. Actually, I expect that to happen. And it's, it's, it's you know, because I think so often we read the Bible, oh, that's a nice verse. <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty, that's sweet. But when it's tested, we're kind of like, oh, my God shall supply all your needs? Well, do we really believe that? Well, the time you find out is when you, when you need to know that. So we're going deeper in God's word and believing exactly what God says to us. You know, there's a lot of things I don't know about God that I don't understand, especially in the loss of Helen. I mean, that's, that's, that's spun my wheels, I'm telling you now. I, I can't put my head around that one. It's just, it's, it's out there. It's, well, it's next level in terms of trying to understand something. <clears throat> and... Uh, so I don't, I don't understand it. 
and I can't work it out, and I don't know why. So there's a lot of things I don't know about God, but there's some things I do know. I wanna tell you what I do know, and I pray that this is gonna help you. This is what I do know, is that God loves me unconditionally. Full stop, that will never change. Nothing I ever do could make God love me less. Nothing I ever do could make God love me more. God loves me unconditionally. He's for me. He's on my side. He's got my back, and he will never harm me. God is one of unconditional love. I know that in the depths of my soul and being. I know that that cannot change, that God will never, ever, ever stop loving me unconditionally, and he's got the best for me in mind. When I know that, friends, that's the kind of God I can serve. I can love a God like that. Secondly, I know that my God can be trusted. When I face a crisis, when we face what we're facing right now, and I don't understand it, I know that God can be trusted. And I choose to trust God. I say, God, I don't know, I don't understand, but I trust you in the very depths of my being. And I I want an unshakable trust that I'll constantly say, God, my trust is in you, that you are good. You have got everything in control. You're still on the throne. You know what's going on, and I can trust you. Friends, don't ever lose your trust in God. Who else are you going to trust in? A person? If you lose trust, trusting in a person, you're gone. Trust in the church, you're, you're sunk. No trust in me. Trust in God. <clears throat> Number three, God has a blessed future in store for me. I know that. I don't doubt that. I don't question that. That's Bible, Jeremiah, and for Church Unlimited as well, and for Overflow. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not you harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Your, your current situation is not your final destination. Where you are right now, friends, it's not always gonna be that way. God's got a better destination in store for you. My last thing that I know in the depths of my being is this, that living fully for God and serving him with all your heart is the best possible thing you can do with your life. Sacrificing for him, following him with every ounce of breath you get is the best life possible. I know that in the depths of my being. I'd never look backwards on that thing of doing my very best to God. It pays to serve God. It really does pay. So keep your eyes fixed on God and step in to the blessed future God has got in store for you. Amen.